Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you for some geek time. I don't know if it's that much of a geek time, but it's called Stat Geek, so I guess I should kind of embrace it. So it's another good week, uh, another opportunity to be happy as a Steelers fan because you're coming off of another victory. The Steelers are 4-0. They are one quarter of the way through the 2020 season. Took a week longer to get there than what they wanted, but they're there. They're at 4-0. They're one of only four teams. Sorry, five, four. Four teams. I started to say five because I forgot. There was uh, one of the teams was eliminated Tuesday night. Uh, which happened to be the Buffalo Bills and not the Tennessee Titans. So there's only four teams left that are that have not lost on the season. It would be the Tennessee Titans and Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC and the Seattle Seahawks and Green Bay Packers in the NFC. But that's great to think about. That's great to look at. But you also got to make sure you are prepared for the next week. Before we jump into that next week, let's take a little look back at, at some things that went down with the Steelers this past week. We'll look at some of the stuff in the game and we'll kind of look at some stuff at the quarter mark. Um, I, I actually did this um, two weeks into the season to see how things would look, but let's actually get a little bit bigger sample size to see how things would look for the Steelers. And believe it or not, some of the stuff is looking very similar. But um, the, the Steelers scored their most points of the season in week five at Heinz field in front of, I'd like to say 5,500 fans, but that was not the official attendance that was, that was given, but uh, the Steelers put up 38 points, broke that streak of, I do believe it was 23 straight games where they hadn't scored uh, 30 points. I know it dated back to when they played the chargers at Heinz field back in 2018 in a game that they lost. So, but they scored 38 points. Uh, the biggest concern was is they did surrender 29 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's the most points they've surrendered since week one of 2019 when they gave up 33 to the New England Patriots. That's the most points surrendered since a lot of people, one of the key moments that they look at was the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick last season. This is the most points they've surrendered since they uh, acquired Fitzpatrick. And it's interesting because a lot of people were down on some of the parts of the Steelers secondary saying, you know, come on, where's where's Fitzpatrick? Where's he been? What's going on with the Steelers' pass defense? They're giving up these yards. They're giving up the third longs. They're letting a no-name receiver absolutely torch them for more than 150 yards on 10 receptions. I think part of that has to do with the Steelers' game plan and what they're trying to do. And I think that game plan is changing week to week. I talked about that on the Scobro show. Um, and then the other thing that I looked at was I, I did a breakdown with Jeffrey Benedict in an article that was published on Tuesday at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And in this article, we, we kind of looked at the stats. I, I broke down the stats. He broke down the film. We brought the two things together. We called it uh, Steelers Vertex. Yes, it was nice and nerdy, nice and geeky. And it was Jeffrey's idea, not mine. Um, I just rolled with it when he came, after he came up with the name of how we brought the two things together to, to, to talk about what happened. And the Steelers defense appeared to be trying to take away Zach Ertz. They did a great job of that. He only had one reception. For six yards, he was targeted six times. One of those targets ended up being a Steven Nelson interception. Uh, 
So that was one of the things that Steelers were trying to take away. But they're also, there's no problem with trying to take away one or two particular things from another team. You just can't allow other things to suffer that much that you are really getting taken advantage of. Now, good teams have to take advantage of that. Good coaches have to be able to figure it out. I believe Philadelphia has some great offensive coaches, and that's what they were doing. I also like how the Steelers are doing the same thing when teams try to do that to them because this past week it was quite the coming out party of one Chase Claypool with his four touchdowns, three receiving, one rushing, and over 100 yards receiving. That was so much more than I expected from the rookie this early in the season. I kept giving some projected stats for Claypool of what people would be, you know, if he had this many yards on this many catches with this many touchdowns, that would be a great rookie season. My touchdown number was five. If you count the rushing touchdown, which there's no reason not to, he's already there a quarter of the way through the season. He's already hit the touchdown mark that I said would be a great rookie season. So, and he's already probably, I'm trying to think of it exactly. He's, he's getting close to being halfway there in the yards departments because I was, I can't remember what it was. It was over 500 yards, 500 some, and he's got 261 yards on the season already. So it's looking good. Teams are going to have to start paying attention to him. And you know what? His numbers might go down, but if they're going to pay attention to Claypool, guess what? You've still got Juju. You've still got Ebron. You still got hopefully a healthy Deontay Johnson. You've got James Washington. You still got Vance McDonald. You've even got Ray Ray McLeod coming on some end arounds and everything for the Steelers. Then you've then you've got some of the stuff going on with the with the running game. It's just it's going to be so hard for for teams to just focus in on one thing. Obviously, you know, if you focus in on Ben Roethlisberger, but there's so much to, to Ben Roethlisberger going on. But there were some some really great things from the Steelers' offense, some great things from the Steelers' defense, but some things they also need to grow on. Uh, this podcast, which gets published on Thursday morning, if you're listening to it now, you're listening to it sometime um, after Thursday morning. It's being recorded uh, Wednesday night to, in order to be ready. And... Sometime Thursday morning, we're going to be giving some quarter grades for the Pittsburgh Steelers from the staff at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you you head to the website and check that out. It'll be out sometime Thursday morning of various grades from, from different contributors to the website. I'm going to look at some quarter stuff because if you remember a few weeks ago, I broke down, hey, after two games, where would guys end up for the season? So I'm going to do that. Now, after four games, you've got a much better sample size. Some things have calmed down. Some things have exploded a little bit. So, and some have stayed right, right where you would, right where they were before, which is a, still a good thing. So let's take a look at some of these. We'll do that. And then in the second part of the show, we will roll into breaking down uh, the Steelers' big matchup this week against the Cleveland Browns. So to, to look at some of these stats, what's interesting is, well, let's just start with Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger, he is still on pace to go just over 4,000 yards and have 40 touchdowns and four interceptions, which was, which a couple weeks ago it was on pace for eight interceptions. Ben has 10 touchdowns to one interception. Now, if you are a frequent listener of our podcasts, then you've probably already listened to Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride from Wednesday morning. 
If you have not, you've got to go back and listen to Jeff. Jeff, Jeff has a lot of emotions going on with this, with this show. He was very upset about people continuing to nitpick at Ben Roethlisberger and his performance, that he needs to do this better, that better. You know, there's so many other quarterbacks that, that if they were putting up the numbers and the wins that Ben Roethlisberger is putting up in 2020, they would talk about how great and wonderful they are. But for Ben Roethlisberger, he gets picked apart. It's never going to be good enough to, to, to some people, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But make sure you listen to that. He also had um, um, a very emotional talk about um, with the announcement of Tunjilkin, the former Steelers player and current Steelers uh, announcer for for Steelers radio and does the in the locker room show that um, with his diagnosis of ALS. And Jeff also talked about um, one of his best friends who he lost to ALS. So that was a very big gambit of emotions for Jeff in that show. So if you haven't caught it, make sure you check it out, but let's, let's look at these things. We're talking about with Ben Roethlisberger. If you were to tell me that coming into the season, he'd have 40 touchdowns and even just single digit interceptions. Man, oh man, would Steelers Nation sign up for that? Um, but yet they're they're still wondering. Oh well, where's the deep ball? Or where's the, you know? Guess what? He's figuring out a way to win, and all we want to do is make sure that Ben Roethlisberger keeps, you know, notching up those wins as he goes along. If you look at James Conner, after four games, and even after missing the majority of Week One, he's on pace to go over a thousand yards for the season right now. He would have. He's on pace for for 1,072 yards, and he's on pace for 12 touchdowns because he has three rushing touchdowns so far this season. So with Connor, it's always about health. But even if we the Steelers got that production from a combination of running backs, it, it would it would still be great. And it would be even more yards than that, because that was specifically for James Connor. Specifically for Chase Claypool, who is now leading the Steelers in in receiving yards. So, which would be leading and receiving uh, after week four, he's now on pace to go over a thousand receiving yards as a rookie. Now, I'm not expecting this to happen because he had the big game, and it doesn't mean that he's still not going to contribute. But to expect a hundred yards and four touchdowns each week, we all know that's just ludicrous. Because right now, he's also on pace to have 16 receiving touchdowns. And on pace to have 20 total. But I'm, I'm not banking on any more rushing touchdowns from Chase Claypool. Any, uh, any more he would get for the season would just be a bonus. But that would be absolutely insane numbers. He's not going to be able to fly under the radar the way he is. But, hey, if the Steelers see that matchup where he's got the advantage, they're going to go for it. It doesn't matter who it's going to be. It could even be Juju, who's on pace to go over 750 yards and to have 12 receiving touchdowns on the season. So it really doesn't matter where it would come from. You want to really pay attention to Claypool and Juju? Then you got to worry about Deontay Johnson and James Washington and Eric Ebron as long as he can hold on to the ball. So that's where, where the Steelers are offensively at the quarter mark. Let's look at some of the stuff on defense. T.J. Watt is still on pace to, to have the most sacks for the Steelers in a season. After two weeks, he was on pace to have 20 sacks. Right now, after four games, he's still on pace to have 18 sacks for the season. He's on pace for that and for four interceptions. But that's, you know, that's just because he had the one. But the biggest thing is he's on pace for 52 quarterback hits and 32 tackles for loss. I'll say that again. 52 quarterback hits and 32 tackles for loss. That is 
is crazy. That is crazy. He's just behind Vince Williams, who's on ta- on pace for 36 tackles for loss, which would be real a fantastic number for Vince. And he would have eight sacks on the season, what he's on pace for. But the Steelers actually have four guys on pace for double-digit sacks. Four guys. T.J. Watt at 18, next to Stephon Tewitt at 14, then followed by Mike Hilton and Bud Dupree at 12. That would be absolutely insane. Absolutely in- insane. Uh, Mike Hilton's on pace for 20 tackles for lo- 20 tackles for loss in 2020. Um, if he could continue that. And Bud Dupree's on pace for 32 quarterback hits. This is some insane numbers that the Steelers would be on pace for. Um, you could look at the interceptions. Yeah, technically, Steven Nelson with two the last game. He's on he's on pace to get eight for the season, which would be fantastic. But right now he's already got one more than he had last year. So that's that's one way to look at it. To me, I almost would look at, at the Steelers as a team. As a team, the Steelers have six interceptions on the season. So that means they're on pace to have 24, which is a very solid um, number for, for interceptions. So that's where the Steelers stand right now. They're 4-0, but they haven't had an AFC North matchup yet in 2020. And I, I think when you get into those division matchups, because we kind of know anything goes with these, that's really going to tell you some more about these Steelers. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and look at how these two teams compared um, and some of the stats that we've been looking at every week now for the last several weeks and see where the matchup comes and exactly what to expect in this game. So stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, the Steelers stat This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you with some more numbers. I hope you enjoyed the, the first part of the show where we looked at some of the projections for the season, broke down some of the numbers from the last game. But you know what? It's Thursday. That's what happened in the past. It's looking forward. It's stacking wins. It's continuing on a roll. And the Steelers have none other than the Cleveland Browns, the Brownies coming to town. And fans in the stands again, going to see how this all works out for the Steelers. This is their biggest test of the season. It's got to be. Just simply based on record. The next, the Steelers' next three opponents are, are all above 500. They will be no matter what when the Steelers face them. So this is a stretch that's really big for the Steelers um, that could really help to define their season. Um, if, the, if the Steelers can get a couple wins out of these next three games, you know, three would be fantastic. But even just two would be a really great stretch of the season for the Steelers now. So let's see how they match up against the Browns. And this is starting to get a lot more difficult to do when you look at where teams are ranked when it comes to to passing and rushing and defending the pass and defending the rush because you've got a you've got teams that haven't played the same amount of games. Now you've got a lot of them. Now you've got I think it I think there's six because there was two teams that had a bye already scheduled for week 5. That was the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Then you had a game that was not played between the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos. 
And then you also obviously have the Steelers and, and Titans and what happened last week. And we don't want to talk about that anymore. So it kind of gets tricky because sometimes these rankings, then you've got to adjust them. So I adjusted all the rankings. I can tell you what they would have been otherwise, but I, but I, I can tell you um, where they go. Let's just look at some pure numbers first. Let's look at some, some defensive numbers comparing the Browns defense to the Steelers defense. Let's look at sacks. The Steelers have 20 sacks, which is the most in the NFL. And the thing about that is they've played one less game than everybody else. Not everybody else, but most of those teams that are up there towards the top. They have one less game and more sacks with 20. So they are first in the NFL in sacks. Where Cleveland, they're middle of the road. They're 14th. They have 12. So that's not a, not a bad total, but not quite up to where, where the Steelers are. But where the Browns are excelling on defense is they are leading the league in takeaways. Not only do they have 12 sacks, they have 12 takeaways. Uh, the Steelers have seven, which when you adjust it for the number of um, te- team or games teams have played, that would have them tied for seventh uh, with the Patriots, who also have seven and or one game down. Uh, compared to everyone else. So the Steelers aren't doing terrible taking away the ball, but that's something that the Browns have done really well this season. So that's something to to think about and look for in this game coming up with the Steelers on Sunday is that can they take care of the ball? So let's look at some other defensive stats. You've got the Steelers Rush defense, which is now, if you adjust it for the games that they've played, they are now second in the league in defending the run. Uh, Tampa Bay moved, you know, they Tampa Bay has more yards than them, but not very many. So therefore, when you adjust that the Steelers have only played four games, when you're talking about yards per game, that puts them in second. Otherwise, they would have been first. So they can still get back to that. And that's 64 yards a game. And just think about if, if the Steelers didn't give up that 74-yard rushing touchdown, which I'm not going to dive into too much. But let's say they only gave up four yards on that play, like they should have. Um, that's That changes. I mean, that's almost – my goodness, that is almost half of the rushing yards that the Steelers have given up on the season right there on one run. So it just goes to show how, how much things can, can can change with that. So you've you've got two pretty good run defenses going at it. You know, the Steelers give up 64 yards per game. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they're fourth in the league when it comes to defending the run, where they've given up 87 yards per game. So you've got two stout run defenses going up against each other on Sunday, which will be interesting to to watch. But then you turn around and you look at the pass defense. And it could be deceptive that looks like that the Steelers are really fourth, but they're not. They're middle of the road. They are 16th when you adjust it for only playing four games where they've given up, where they average giving up 237 and a half yards a game. So you're like, you look at the Steelers opponents and everything, and some Steelers fans get kind of worried about that. But then again, the Steelers also seem to, be kind of somewhat willing to give up that, you know, some passing yards in order to cut down other things. But we talked about the beginning half, so we'll just kind of let the numbers speak for themselves. But the Browns, the Browns are 30th, 30th in the league when it comes to defending the pass. They are 30th. They are giving up an average of 296.4 yards a game. Now, Part of that comes into 
one particular game. The Browns have only actually given up 290 yards only one time this season. All the rest of the games were under 290 yards um, when it came to passing yards. But they gave up that 481 to the Cowboys, especially when, you know, when they were winning and the Cowboys kept having to try to, you know, down multiple scores, trying to catch up and everything. So that's one of those that does skew the numbers a little bit. But still, even if you took that game away, they are they are giving up more yards, um, passing yards than than the Steelers. So that'll be really interesting to see. So let's see how these offenses then line up line up here where um in case you weren't aware of it Cleveland is the number one rushing offense in the NFL they are averaging 188.4 yards per game mainly because of that 370 or 370 307 yard rushing performance that they had against the Cowboys in that game that I already talked about. So that kind of skews the numbers a little bit as well. But we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. Because they're, they're first in yards per game. They're second in the NFL in yards per attempt with 5.48, where the Steelers are eighth in rushing when you adjust it at 138 and a quarter yards per game. You have to if you just did it straight up by yards, they would be 16th. But when you take into account that they've played one less game, it bumps them all the way up to eighth. And they are 10th in the league in yards per attempt at 4.55. So Cleveland's known for the really stout running game. Pittsburgh has been doing pretty well. But the other thing that you got to remember is the Browns are coming off the, their lowest rushing total of the season against the Indianapolis Colts for two reasons. One, the Indianapolis Colts, they have a they have a good defense. They have a good defense. And two, the Browns don't have their number one rusher, Nick Chubb. Instead, they have Kareem Hump, who is a – sorry, let me say that a little bit more um, crisply. Kareem Hunt, who is a very good runner himself. I'm actually a little bit more concerned about Kareem, Kareem Hunt and his ability to contribute in the passing game out of the backfield that I think that might even be the bigger issue that the Steelers are going to have to deal with on Sunday with the Browns is, is Kareem Hunt more in, in, in the short passing game or even the long passing game. He, I think he caught a pretty decent touchdown. Um, I think that was this past week. So that that's interesting. So that's how the, how, how their rushing offenses go. If you look at the Steelers and I still feel that the Steelers are doing a great job passing the ball, but they're only 19th in the league when it comes to passing. And that's adjusted. They'd be 26th overall straight up in yards. Um, but but the thing is, the Steelers have been winning an awful lot of games, so they haven't had to throw the ball nearly as much um, at the end of their game. So that's that's part of the reason why. But the Browns, I was surprised to see the Browns are 29th in the NFL in passing. 29th. 29th. There's, I mean, I th- I think it's it's the I can't I didn't write down who the other teams were. I'm pretty sure the Jets are below them. Um, but I, I can't remember for sure. But I mean, even in games where where the Browns were trailing and needed to throw the ball, they only had 168 passing yards against the Ravens. Okay. Then they, I mean, they've their most passing yards 
this season was this past week against the Colts at 261. They've only gone over 200 passing yards twice on the season. They went, they had 219 against the Bengals. So they haven't ran the ball as much a lot of times because they haven't had to. So it's quite interesting to how that all breaks down. So I would like to see if the Browns, it's funny because you think about those receivers. Oh, you got to shut down those receivers. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. They got Austin Hooper at the tight end. Um, then you got Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. But yet their passing game so far has not been of the strength of their offense. It has been the run game. So you're talking strength on strength. If you're talking run game of the Browns versus the Steelers run defense, it's going to be quite an interesting matchup uh, this Sunday. So I don't know what I, what, what I'm looking forward to the most. You got to look at strengths and weaknesses. So like I said, you've got the strength of the Cleveland's, you know, number one rushing attack versus the number two rushing defense. Then you've got, one of the worst pass defenses um, in the Browns going, going up against the Steelers, you know, just close to middle of the pack pass offense. But you have to admit as a Steelers fan, it's, it's way much, it's way better than what it appears, especially with only one interception on the season. So that's going to be interesting because the Browns are so good at taking the ball away. You've got Ben Roethlisberger with only one interception. You've got the Browns that are notorious for taking the ball away early in the season. You've got the Browns that don't see that they can defend the pass, but the Steelers that haven't had to rely on the pass. Then you've got the Browns who who have not passed the ball very well this year going, going up against the Steelers who in their defense, that seems to be their 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 biggest Achilles heel right now is passing yards when they don't get home from rushing the passer because they're leading the league in sacks. It's just one of those things that it's going to be so hard to figure out how it's going to all come together. So bottom line is you got to tune in. They don't play these games on paper. They're played in TV sets. No, sorry. They're played on the, the unfrozen tundra of Heinz field um, this Sunday at one o'clock. So this is a big one. This is a big one. Hopefully, um, a lot of you all, this is more of the national game. I do believe uh, Jim, Ran Jim, Jim Nance and Tony Romo are doing the play-by-play. -play. And that it, it, this should be a very intriguing matchup that's going to, to kind of tell both the Steelers and the NFL a little bit more about this team. A little bit more about this team. Are you know are 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 the, are the Steelers for real, or has it just been a benefit of that the hardest team that they've had to face this so far this season? That game got pushed back. We'll see. I think the Steelers can rise to the occasion. I think the Steelers have the Browns' number for the most part, especially Ben Roethlisberger. So that's what we're going to see. I do want to apologize now that you've made it this far. Hopefully, you can. If you've noticed, I've stumbled through some words tonight. I say tonight because I'm I, I'm recording this late on Wednesday, as late as I could, because I'm coming off of having to get um, uh, a filling that was broken <laughs> in my teeth. had to Had to get it fixed, so I'm still a little bit numb. And it was I had to wait before I could actually say the word Steelers before I could even think about doing this podcast for you. But I made it through. Hopefully, it wasn't too terrible for you to have to listen to. But 
I'm excited about this Steelers team. I think this is a big test. It's a, it's, you know, right now it's, I think it's a three point line, which tells you these two teams are pretty evenly matched. The Steelers have owned the Browns. Let's not change that narrative. So thank you so much for tuning in with me and make sure you're checking out our whole family of podcasts. Check out the live shows on YouTube. If you can get there, if not, make sure you're checking us out here on the audio platform. And if you, and if you can give us that five-star rating. That would be really nice. If you like what you hear, give us the rating. And if you leave a comment, Jeff Hartman will read it on the Steelers preview show. So let's go Steelers. Get those towels ready. Big game on Sunday. And let's see if we can come out of Heinz Field with this four-game home streak, continuing stacking those wins. So we'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for geeking out with us.